What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Am Side podcast. As always, oh, foreshadowing, we are your hosts, Rob and Dale. Dale, what have our listeners got coming up on this week's show? Rob, why don't you do that this week? I thought you might say that. So, the reason Dale has been quite coy is we've got a big announcement. You might see on social media, but we do have some news that we're bringing you this week. Um, linked into that news, we also have Bubba with us. Bubba, why don't you say hi? Hey, everyone. So, Baba, if you're a long-time listener, I think you've been on two episodes. I'm going to go with three. You're going to go with three. Well, who knows? You know, you're part of the woodwork at this point. So, Baba is here, and that will become a lot clearer later on. Um, but then, before that, we're going to talk about the the Pro Tour. We had a few things happen this weekend, including some noob rocking up and uh, taking down my boy, Calvin Heimberg. Not happy about that. They made for a very good disc golf story. Um, we're also going to do, well, actually, I can't give away too much without Dale's news. So let's jump straight in to the Pro Tour life. We're going to talk about, obviously, Diamond Disc Open, and then we're going to get onto Kona Piste, as I, I don't know how it's pronounced, but if you do it with a Norwegian accent or an like Icelandic that. accent or Croatian accent, it, uh, it sounds right. So Diamond Disc Open, I'm just going to put it out there. I really don't care about DDO. It's not a course I enjoy watching. I think there's so many, there's so much artificial OB. It's not a course or a tournament that I've ever really liked over the last couple of years watching. Put it up there. Guys, what are your thoughts on the course? Dale? Well, I, I hate Emporia Country Club, uh, for multiple reasons. Um, it has caused me to throw my phone across the room multiple times on Disco Valley. Um, because the amount of OB on that course is ridiculous. The amount of open space they've got. I know they're trying to make it interesting, um, but I've voiced my opinion multiple times on this podcast saying I do not enjoy artificial OB. I enjoy uh, natural OB that isn't going to penalise you, but is going to penalise you in terms of your body. Um, you like which... to be penalised in a bush, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, but yeah, so DDO for me isn't something I, um, I'll look to, to watch. Um, and also I've noticed, uh, spectator levels have massively dropped this year. Massively. Uh, mainly because, uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, Bubba, I'm sure you do. They, they dropped the amateur divisions from, from the event. So mm. usually they have MPO, FPO, and then separately they'll have their AM divisions playing as well, which caused, uh, a massive amount of people to go and play and consequently watch. Now, if we're talking about hashtag grow the sport, that's on the opposite. If you, if I was watching disc golf for the first time and I was watching DDO, I was thinking, you know, this, this is a small sport. You know, there's hardly anyone there. Watch it last year. Big difference. It was two years ago. There was, I saw a, um, a comparison between the last three years of DDO. Yeah. The, the, the first of the three. Packed audience, and then yeah, actually no, I think it was um, the three screenshots were DDO Worlds, and then this year, yeah, because yeah. The, the top one was when yeah, Ricky yeah. had that amazing yeah. throw in from the drop in zone, and he yeah, sort of uh, yeah. drop in zone, drop zone. Um, but no, I think it's a big shame. I think so. Me and Bubba are heading over to uh, Ledgestone in August. Super excited for that. But one thing that I found out, obviously through communications with the guys, is there is. There's flex starts, there's amateur tournaments all around Peoria. Basically, the city becomes a disc golf hub for that week. And obviously, that culminates in the Pro Tour stop. But what that does, it gets people traveling there. It gets bums in seats. It gets people excited about disc golf, which means the benefits that that gives to the Pro Tour with the 
the spectators, the money it brings in, everything, it just grows. So if you take away the Anside, oh, no pun mm-hmm. intended, the, um, you're obviously going to get a smaller window because why, if I was four hours, say, away from Emporia Country Club, would I travel just to watch disc golf if the other option would be I get to play, I get to play in the morning or the day before, have great mm. fun with mates, and then go get to see the pros. You're taking away half the product. Yeah, and disc golfers are the DTPT's audience. So exactly that. I, um, it, yeah, <laughs> I think it's silly. I was too busy watching the Corona Peace Day open this weekend to catch too much of the action at DDO. Um, I'm normally quite a fan, but considering it was just the one course, it was just Emporia Country Club this year. You know, it's just the one course, actually. <laughs> exactly. There is no supreme anymore, is there? No, no, no. So it kind of it kind of took a bit of the enjoyment out of it, to be honest, because um, you know, especially with Worlds, with you know all of the rounds in there. But you know, it was it was always nice to see um, who was leaving coming into Country Club, and then Country Club kind of taking over, especially when they played it earlier on in the year. Well, there was a lot more weather involved, rain, wind, and everything else, where it was super calm. Everyone could just absolutely obliterate the course, um, you know, apart from weather, skipping OB and everything. So, so for, for me, it, I watched the more interesting competition, which was kind of this day. I couldn't agree more, but mm. let's talk about the two storylines we did get at DDO. So let's talk yes. about the one that everyone's talking about. Now, the guy that won MPO, I had to, I wasn't sure of his name. I had to Google Calvin Heimberg. Go on his PDJ, find DDO, and um, to find it. Parker Welk. Now, I don't want this to sound like I'm putting the guy down, but I believe he, so he's, t- he's 1010 rated, which obviously in the UK, you'd be one of the best in the country, but over there, you're small fry. He even said in his interview after he won that we checked the morning of the last day and he had less than 1% chance to win the tournament. And not only the person that he took down is Calvin Heimberg, who I'm pretty sure unanimously right now is world number one. Yep. Oh, and yeah. All of those things in front of you, and yet this guy shot a, I think it was nine down, uh, no, 12 down last round. 12. Played his lights out. And you know what? It's not a who's he, why did he win, he shouldn't have won, there's amazing players. It's a sport. He came, he performed, he won. And honestly, it's great to hear a new name. Obviously, it did come at the expense of my boy, you know, losing out and <laughs> taking second place. But yeah, Parker Welk, guys, what do you think? I personally, I love to see it. I love an underdog story. Um, you know, if, if, if I'm ever picking someone, I'm trying to pick the underdog, um, every single time. I love that storyline. I love the fact he's 10 10 rated, winning a pro tour tournament. When are we going to see that a lot more? I, I don't know, but, but personally, I love the fact that. Anyone can still win these, and I'm I'm all for it. Um, do I think we're going to see more of Parker Welk this year? I don't think so, <laughs> but I'm super happy to see him at top. I'm going to go. What uh, I'm going to go back and be watching. Um, I don't even think he's on coverage. Well, this is the thing. Mm, I yeah. think Parker Welk's going to be this stat. You know, sort of grip blocks and they give fun uh, and like a stat mando give these interesting facts. I think in ten years' time. Someone else that's ten ten rated will win a Pro Tour event, and they'll be like, "Guys, can you name the last guy that was ten yeah. ten rated to win a Pro Tour event?" And they'll be like, "No, who?" And they say Parker Welk, and they'll be like, "Oh, that guy, I remember him. He beat out Calvin Heimberg." <laughs> so I, I completely agree with you. I think a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, new boy on tour, you know, watch mm. out." 
He's not because we've seen patterns. We've seen like Isaac Robinson. Yet they come through and they slowly break through and then they earn their spot. This guy's literally broken through from such a depth that he we haven't seen consistency yet. So we might hear yeah. words. He, this might be his showcase. Here he is. He's here to stay. But I agree with you, Baba. I think this might be a old man in the pub. When I was 22 years old, I beat the Calvin Heimberg in the DDO, you know, sort of thing. Um, but it's awesome to see. And that's why we love it. Was it a USDGC qualifier? I'm not too sure. <laughs> uh, That'll be interesting if he if he yes. takes down his first... It was. So he's qualified for USDGC, so he's qualified for a May and maybe even the European Open. Do you know? Do you want to know what's really interesting? He he got his qualification spot from Goat Hill Park. It oh wasn't, wow! It wasn't this tournament. That, so he that, didn't even know he was there. No, that USDGC spot went to Evan Smith in tied third. Uh, wow! But mm. what's quite interesting is if you look at so I've got a screenshot here of the top or top ten. There is also another uh, Mason Marchbanks. He's ten seventeen rated. So again, compared to a lot of the field, quite low down. So clearly. Um, We've always said when we talk about the pro tours, we weren't there. We we weren't we weren't there on the day. Did the smaller crowds this year mean that people could start to break through? Because obviously, you look mm. at people like Calvin Heinberg, like Ricky, all these people that have been around big crowds, and we've also talked about the effect of cameras on people that are sort of new to being filmed. So maybe just pointing out that the smaller crowds might have actually been advantage to the people that are probably equally as talented in terms of arm talent as a lot of these big guys, but actually it wasn't a distraction of big crowds, big galleries. And they were to able to relax. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So, so there you go. Parker, well, um, honestly, I don't know any more about him, so I, can't, I don't think we can say too no, much else. Absolutely nothing. Uh, but then moving on to FPO, um, someone that we do know quite a lot about, having the show, someone I love to watch play just because they're, Form, I think, is so smooth. Think? Wow, Dale, you're rubbing off. Very Essex. No, I think it's so smooth. You I like think. to watch her because you like to see if she still uses the disc that you gave her. She did. She did once, <laughs> and I'll always hold on to that. Um, so, it's Hayley King. She did use my Color Glow MD3. I can't remember and what that's the And parked it. And parked it. She birdied with my Color Glow MD3. It was hers now. It's not mine. But it, it's got my name on it. Um, but Hayley King took down this weekend from a playoff with Holden Hanley. Mm. I mean, it got me buzzing because, again, Hayley King is a player that I love to watch. And she's also a player that multiple times. So sometimes you get players that get a lot of buzz about them, their next big thing, and then it might fade off. Hayley King has had this multiple times. So, you know, she won the Tour Champs, all right, that's it. Then she sort of fizzled down. Then she yeah. won, obviously, um, US Women's. Okay, is this her time to shine? Fizzled down. DDO, is is there going to be a run with Hayley King where she, you know, really finds her feet and runs with it and starts winning? Or is Hayley King going to be the kind of player continuously for the next 10, 20 years that takes down an event and she's going to be a safe bet that one event of the season she will win? But she's not going to be the dominant player that we've seen coming through from other people. Like, I know Holland Hanley hasn't won a lot yet, but she's consistent in the podium. Uh, Kristen Tatar, you know, Paige Pierce of uh, sort of former seasons. Or is she going to be this player that can comfortably sit within cash, win an event and have a consistent season, season after season? I might be talking a little bit out of line, but I, th- I think Hayley King's taken some time off to focus on her, her mental side, right? So she, I, th- I think we didn't see much of her last year, and we're seeing a little bit more of her this year, which I think is great. And 
if she's ready to come back and play like this, then I I, I do feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more of her. In in all honesty, she she she's an elite FPO player, right? You know, her, yeah, her I, stats are incredible, and I think her game is is insane. You know, backhand, forehand, and clinical around the green. I I, I think it was just up here in the old noggin, a uh, bit of belief, um, and you know, switching off those negative voices, and and you know. Look what she's done this weekend. Hundred percent. A lot of the analysts and sort of the commentators, pundits, whatever you call them around the world, they <laughs> they say that based on Hayley King's form, she's one of the best throw discs. She has all of the ingredients to be a world champion and a consistent world champion at that. I think actually there's parts of her game which I think far trump Kristen in in sort of uh, certain aspects of of, of throwing. Yeah. Like I said, Haley is incredibly smooth. She has incredible distance. Uh, and from what I just said, I didn't want that to be a, you know, putting her down. Uh, I would love to see her go on this run and be the player that we know that she can be. But I'm just mm. interested to know if she has it in her sort of locker to be consistent event after event after event. Or does she going to be the kind of person that takes some time off, comes back, wins big, takes some time for herself and sort of really focuses on that sort of selfness rather than putting herself in every single event? I think yeah. Bubba said it, um, you know, she took the time off. To, to working on her mental game, which we all know in elite sport is is so important. You know, that mindset is is, is just as winning as, as your skill set. Mm. Now, I think if she's taken that time and she's got herself in a good headspace, then then yeah, we will see we will see Hayley King over and over again. But I think she is one of those players that is sometimes in danger um and we all know them in our own game of beating herself up. You know, she has that bad round and it, it, it all gets unraveled. Um, and then, you know, we have to take them to the side and say, look, you know, you're better than this. You know, respect your own game and, and play against yourself rather than everyone else. Dale, so I like the fact you're not naming any names right here. And I think Luke will really appreciate that. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but um, <laughs> we, he knows we love him. Um, but he is definitely the Haley King of, of the um um, sorry, podcast. Um, but yeah, so I think oh if she's going to take that time off and she's she's ready to come back, you know, what a way to do it? Take down, take down DDO. Um, absolutely huge event. Well, previously mm. was you know when it was a glass blown, it was <laughs> it was massive. But yeah, it's it's a it's a big achievement, and I'd I'd love to see her do it over and over again. But she needs to make sure that her mind is ready. Her arm is, but is her mind? She's got a lot of tournaments coming up. Um, you know, she's going to be at the Des Moines. I say that wrong every single time. I'm not sure if anyone else calls it the Des Moines, but hey, this guy. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know Dale has done, I don't, I don't know if he's done it on uh, on purpose or not before, but I know a few pre-chats, it's been the Des Moines challenge. Des Moines. That's the Essex boy. Des Moines. Um, yeah, they've got the Preserve, Ledgestone, Great Lakes, um, obviously Worlds, uh, Maple Hill. European um, Open. Or she's not qualified. She's not qualified. It's not on her upcoming events from the PDJ page, so I'm not sure. So qualification of the commitment, U- That's um, the qualification of European Open is quite an interesting one because even if you qualified uh, and you're in the US, that is a big sort of decision to make to go over. Now it is you need to make sure you're cashing. <laughs> yeah, or have a great holiday. <laughs> you need to either really enjoy. Or you've yourself. got a lot of money behind you as a sponsor. True, yeah. which. Huh? I don't think Kaylee would be short on cash with no. anything. You know, I think she's probably one of the. Uh... Yeah, she'd be on first class flights over, not problem. <laughs> <laughs> with the visor, I'm loving her look now. I think um, Haley's got this look going on, which is unique. 
It's it's, it's not it's standard. Not There's just... someone else on tour that does it. <laughs> Calvin Hamburg. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You're mean. No, but I think with the visors of the hair, I think you know, you, like especially in like tennis, you've got these like greats that have had like you know they've they've locked into a look, Boris and Bain. it might not be. Yeah, exactly. But these people, they'd be like, uh, and like in in golf, you got you got the people that are known for wearing certain trousers or something like this. I really, I really mm. respect people that like go. You know what? This is a look that I love. I'm I'm vibing with it. I don't care if it's the style or what other people are wearing on tour. And I think it makes her stand out so much. And I really respect that. I love those little yeah. visors. The hair, it's got. She's got some good stuff going on. But. I think we need to move over to the news that we all really care about, even though we're 17 minutes in, and that's the Kona Piste. Kona Piste, open. Kona um, Palace. Kona Palace, open. <laughs> the Kona Piste, <laughs> open. Um, I am going to be a complete geographical idiot here, and it's in the Czech Republic, right? Is that is that correct? Yeah, go, Rob. <laughs> yes, geography. Let's go. Um, so it's in the Czech Republic. Um, I couldn't point it at a map because, yeah, although my fiance is a, she has a BA in geography, I don't. Um, but the, what, what do we name her? The jewel in the British disc golfing crown? <laughs> you know? Yeah, the absolute champ. The hero we all deserve and yeah. love to watch. Um, Rachel Turton took it down. Now, can we just woo! get a woo woo from all of us? Woo! Come on, Dale, join in. Woo, let's go. <laughs> um, I was out playing disc golf, but we we're all invested enough that on the whole 17th hole, we we're like, guys, we need to stop playing right now because Rachel's about to tap out on the 18th. We, we saw her tap out. We saw her lift the trophy and we, we heard her obviously give a little speech about sort of, uh, and they asked her, they said, what does this mean for British disc golf or disc golf in the UK? Um, and what she said is that she hopes that what she's doing over there can inspire people. Um, and especially women in the sport, because obviously we're yeah. passionate about growing that. Um, she she just hopes to inspire, and I genuinely think it will. I think. Oh, without doubt. Yeah, it's mm. amazing. I think it's going to be inspiring outside the the female population too. Um, yeah, I, I think we've seen more players go out to Europe uh, yep. year on year for the last couple of years, um, and I think Rachel is one of the first to kind of step outside of that. So um, it's great to see, and I can't wait to see. What happens in the future? I mean, you know, this is Rachel just getting started. She just started touring almost full time. So, um, you know, um, I'm glad to see that, 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 that there was a win on the cards. And I'm sure there's going to be many, many more in the future. I'm pumped. I'm waiting for the point where my, I might never come because obviously I've, 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 I've hung out Rachel in between tournament rounds and we've, we've chatted and she'll be on the show. So it might never get to this point. But she hasn't quite got into that meshed zeitgeist in my mind where, you know, it's always a bit like, oh, I'm watching coverage. Oh, and Rachel's there. Rather yeah. than her as like, these are all of the best players at the tournament. So currently now, these are all the best females in Europe currently touring. And of course, Rachel was in the top of that list or in the top five of that list. And that's exactly where she belongs. Still in my mind, it is a little bit like, oh, hey, like, you know, <laughs> where's Wally? Like, oh, I can point yeah. out Rachel. There she yeah. is. I call Rachel a Wally. <laughs> she, she, she knows also, that's not what I meant. We also had Pepe and Mariana on the bag for the last round, right? And it's it's really interesting. We're watching BGM and we're seeing players that we see almost week in, week out on there and it's it's um it's it's really new and really fun. I quite like it. 
It, the, what it reminds me of now, this might go over the heads of any of our American listeners, but um, I think Gavin and Stacey when Mick's on the telly and everyone's like, oh my God, Mick's on the telly and everyone's <laughs> tuning in to watch. So it's like that in the UK at the moment. Yeah, so Everyone on the British disc, uh, disco Facebook page is like, Rachel's on the telly, go watch Rachel on the telly. And we all do because it's, yeah. it's not, it's not even an underdog, uh, underdog story at this point. You know, no. she is, she's holding her own. And yeah, I, I I don't want to blow too much smoke, but Rachel is doing awesome stuff. She is really planting the flag for British oh, disc golf. And massively. I can't wait to see how she fares around the beast either. Because she's she now qualified for the European Open. Um, you know, if she Hopefully she can fit it into her travel plans. That's what I mean. If she can fit into mm. her travel plans, which I think being a major and being, you know, in Europe, I think, you know, she'll probably do everything she can to get there. Um, but what, what a... What a course to really showcase your talent, eh? Yeah. And of course, you know, there's there's the European stint into August. Um, then you've got European Disc Golf Championships, I think is the, yeah, the, the team the, side of things. The team side of things. That always confuses it? me. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Worlds at the end of August. And USWDGC in September. So. Is she qualified for that now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. she signed up for it, right? So I, I feel like that's... Oh, yeah, if you've signed up for it. I feel it, like if, she's, if she's registered, nah, who cares if you qualify? You're in. Yeah, <laughs> Let's go. I'm just going to show up. You can't stop me. But yeah, um... so it's, it's a really strong... You know, obviously there's Krokow this weekend, so it's, yeah. it's, it's a really strong lineup for Rachel. Um, you know, there's at least six, nine events here, right? So, so, I, so I feel like we're going to be cheering a little bit more. To bring what, us down... Hand up? I know, to, but it's, it's more, people can't see us. So I'm doing a, a, a down, um, movement to bring us down because obviously we're all in the Rachel fan club, right? We love Rachel. Yeah. Always yeah. will be. One thing I want to ask. So we, but we have to be completely realistic here because, um, she won, there's two big events this weekend. She won, um, she won the big one in Europe. There was a big one in America. Mm-hmm. Now, are we saying that Rachel is on the same level as, Hayley King or Holland Handy, you know, those people. So the question I've got for you guys is, does she make the top 10 in the world, the top 20 in the world, top 30 in the world? Where would you put Rachel currently? For me, she would probably be sitting within the 30s, potentially, I, but, but with a lot of potential movement up, and up and we're seeing her perform better and better every time she's on coverage we're seeing her more on coverage people now know her names they're not being like who's this crazy brit on the chase card you know she's making a name for herself but if we're being completely realistic here where would we put rachel in the competitive world rankings of disc golf um I, i'd probably agree with you on the basis of like most american sports obviously a world champion always comes from america like the Super Bowl, yeah. you know, you're the world champion of American football, but there's only American teams in it. You know, we are seeing more Europeans, but it is still heavily dominated by that US. Most, yeah. most if all you know, events are in the US, and I think it's it's really hard to because we have some great players in Europe, but we have seen that as these European players, bar Christian Tatar, go over to America, they don't quite hit the the top spot. Um, uh, Nicholas, I'm going to butcher his name now. Nicholas Antia? Antia, yeah. You know, he, he did really well. Obviously, he, he took down Kona Panis. Um, <laughs> and then, um, obviously last year, I thought he might have won European Open. 
But when he has gone over to America, he hasn't quite reached that high level. So I do oh, think there's still... Oh, come in second at USDGC last year. Come second at USDGC. <laughs> Who cares about that? Um, jokes, I love USDGC. Nicholas um, beat Paul by like 15 this weekend, by the way. But FPO is different. I yeah. do find that, you know, as soon as you get FPO, you know, Christian Tatar, Rachel's has been up there. She struggled at USDGC, but who wouldn't? It's the first time she ever played a course. There's so, there's more, um, OB than DDO. Um, it's, it's a hard course. So I think she's probably, I would probably put her in that top 20. So yeah, before, over. before you make, I'm going to cut you off before you make decisions. So top 20, Don't I think I might be, uh, it's not going to be the last time. So I've actually cut a quick look at um, the Portland Open. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't think you can take one event and say, okay, she's no. better than these players, right? You can't I do will that. Be. But she beat out... So Kat Merch, she's in my top 10 currently in the world. She beat Kat Merch. She beat yeah. Lisa Fakus, Sarah Hocum, Holland Hanley, Maria Lever, Holly Finley. You know, these people that I would say comfortably within the top 20, 30s, and she was beating those people. So I think if Rachel's out every weekend on the US tour. Yeah, top 20 yes. actually. I'm, I'm actually going to yeah. amend... I don't think she's top 10 and I think backtrack. Rachel would never even put herself in the top 10. No. But I think I will backtrack. I think based on her performance right now and how she's playing against... Obviously, she's not playing these US tournament events every single weekend. Yeah, top 20. I don't think that's blowing smoke. Bubba, before you answer, so Rob, Worlds, where's she placing then? That's different. That's hard because Worlds is a different fish all in time. But that will be a world champion at the end of it. So technically, you finish that, there's your, where's your world ranking? Worlds is hard because um, I, I don't think... Rachel hasn't played a major yet, has she? Yeah, you... Oh, well, in a major in our hearts. Very big. Hearts. Right. But... Because it wasn't a major, you don't know if it had different pressures. You know, Rachel might have treated it as a major, but we don't know. Worlds, there's going to be a lot more coverage. It, there's definitely yeah. going to be a big um, gallery because it always pulls a big gallery. And actually I'd probably also that... assume she would probably get close to a feature card first day, being the only, probably the only FPO Brit going over. Obviously, we don't so, know yeah. the cards yet. Rachel won't know that yet, but you, you know, there is going to be that high pressure environment. It's kind of been a standard, hasn't it, really? Yeah. We've seen Rachel on quite a few feature yeah. cards because of that. Exactly. And actually, what I will point out is I had a thought because on Portland Open, when they said, oh, um, the second round maybe didn't go her way and it was probably to the cameras, I thought, well, actually, Rachel's been filmed quite a lot up until this point. So I think I think she's probably covered by the cameras. She just wasn't clicking with her disc that day. You know, I don't think the camera argument with her right now could probably be made because she is getting very comfortable within cameras and showed this weekend that she could take it down with cameras in her face. But um, I think Worlds is a different kettle of fish. I wouldn't be surprised if she was in the top 20 in Worlds, but I don't think she's going to be pushing for that win just because there is seasoned veterans of the FPO division, mm-hmm. which are going to be hard to beat. Talent, mm-hmm. there's two things. There's talent yeah. and there's knowing what to do at a major. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Paige came back and won her sixth or seventh. Yeah. Yeah, sixth. You know, because yeah. she knows what to do in a major. You know, yeah, wouldn't be surprised. She has another best season, could win worlds. But yeah. um Bubba, where would you put Rachel in that sort of that tier rankings? I know you you guys are quite close, so maybe um, you don't want to say I'm, but... I'm so biased. It's it's unbelievable. Um right now, at this very second, um easily top twenty. Um and if you think about it, the only thing she's missing is all of that course knowledge. I mean the likes of 
Vanessa Van Dyken, um, you know, Cap, even Cat Merch or the likes of Rebecca Cox and everything else have had years playing these courses. Yeah. And we know what it's like just even if we go to QP or, yeah. or Croydon and, you know, we've been around for a few years, we kind of know the lines we're taking. We kind of know the discs we're using. And Rachel doesn't have that knowledge yet. She's playing a lot of these courses for the first time ever. Um, yeah. And she's been able to do what she's doing right now. Mm-hmm. So I think in the years to come, if... And she, by the way, she's still working full-time, yeah, everyone. That's it. You know, congratulations, Rachel. You're, you're holding down the job whilst you're out there traveling. You're working remotely. And you're still managed to fitting all this time uh, to, to put into disc golf and you're competing at your very best. That's amazing. So if you start removing all of those things and giving Rachel that course knowledge and, um, you know, she was talking to us about Portland and she was playing with Paige Pierce on her card, you know, and yeah. Owen Scoggins. And and there, there, there is something to that. You know, we're coming from a, a, a pretty big fan base here where, you know, we look up to these people. We watch them week in, week out. And all of a sudden you're playing with them, <laughs> you know, um, and also on that card, uh, there was, you know, a, a big gallery following too. So yeah. at the instant you get used to cameras, you have all this other pressure on you that, that you, do, you don't really realize that there is pressure <laughs> into you in that moment. So, um, I'm super pumped. She's learning to win under those yeah. conditions and Definitely. it didn't take long. Um, so I think she's got potential to be up there in the top 10. Um, I think so too. and I think a couple of years on tour, I hope, I hope Rachel can grind it out for a couple of years. I know tour life is not easy. I'd love for her to come on the show and talk about tour life at the end of the year, um, to see how her first year kind of went in, in the van and everything. Um, but no, I, I, I she'll creep into that top 10 real quick. If, if not by the end of the year for me. Brilliant. Well, there you go. And then MPO, Desiree mentioned it, Nicholas Antilla took it down. You know what? He's good. He's European. He's not in the US right now. The guy, the guy's uh, got a great bit of talent on his arm. So yeah, no, no real surprises there. Obviously, I think Baba might want to mention his defeat over Paul again, but, <laughs> but but it was um yeah, Paul's not having the season that people thought he might be having in Europe. Or are Europeans just this good? Yeah. On courses a, they know. Yeah. On courses they know. Because we, we mentioned just a minute ago that Europeans are going over to the US and getting dominated. But they have this same problem that I was just talking about with Rachel. Yeah. They don't play those courses year in, year out. No. It, it's a very now, I mean, I'm sure I've upset American listeners before, but it's a very Hollywood <laughs> American mentality, which is, you know, sort of a aliens. For some reason, Hollywood aliens only invade the US and the, and the Americans are the ones that save the world. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's the case of Oh, Paul goes to Europe. Of course, he's going to win because Paul's the best, and it's all under it's, it's underestimating Apparently. you know European talent. It's like um, what I'll liken that to is I watched a video the other day on TikTok. Yes, you know, I am I am Reem woke. You know, I'm down with the kids, whatever they say. But it was F1 drivers blindfolded with basically 3D models of the tracks, and these guys could literally within five seconds be like, <laughs> "Oh, it's Silverstone," and then name all these tracks. You know what? A lot of these players like Paul McBeth that are playing on tour for such a long amount of time and a lot of these courses are re- by repeat muscle memory right you know he goes yeah, to man. obviously he wasn't at ddo <laughs> last year he didn't have a great time at ddo but well, uh, was it the same course yeah same course but ddo specifically because last year was <laughs> Wind- wizard of oz hurricane levels but another course you know sort of um memorial because obviously he loves that no it's not on tour but he shreds memorial it's muscle memory he steps yeah. up the whole two 
I know the disc, I know the shot, I've done this a million times. You know, you're taking out the, the, the mental effort that needs to go into thinking about a shot because you've done it a million times. So, yeah, one thing I'll, <laughs> one thing I'll leave my opinion on is you can't underestimate the Europeans. I generally think there's probably the better pool of talent in the US right now because it's been a bigger sport in the US for longer. But the people we do have coming through in Europe, uh, they're they're not a joke. And actually, you can't sleep on the fact that European porn are going to beat them. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming and I can't wait. It's going to be great. (laughs) Sounds like the Europeans are coming. Run. (laughs) (laughs) There's like the British are coming, right? The The famous thing. But there you go. So we've talked about the Pro Tour. I've put it off long enough because maybe it's news that we don't want to give. If you hear silent weeping, um, just give us a moment. Maybe Dale can edit out. But Dale, you've got some news. Now, it's not sad news. It is and it isn't, but I'm going to let you take it. So I have I have written it down because I've written a statement. Do it. <laughs> like a disgraced politician. <laughs> it is. So I'm just going to read it out, which listeners might then find it a bit strange, but it's the only way I think I could have said it without stumbling and stuff like that. So, okay. So, uh, uh, it's with a heavy heart that I'm announcing uh, that I'll be stepping down as of today as the host of the Amsai podcast. Hasn't been an easy decision, uh, but I've reached a point where I can't give the time and the effort that it needs and deserves, uh, and I would hate for the podcast to suffer, suffer because of it. I want to thank every single one of you that has tuned in uh, over the past two and a half years. It's been an absolute blast. I wish Rob and whoever takes over for me an absolute best of success. And rest assured, this isn't a retirement from the Amside brand. I just physically can't give everything that I want to give to hosting uh, the podcast every week. And it certainly isn't a retirement from disc golf. It's purely a personal move, uh, and it's felt that I've come at the right time, and it's not going to mean I'm not going to pop in every now and again to say hello um, and be here when, when I need to. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to put at the end of it was, if I don't see you on the course, keep listening to the Amside. Good riddance. <laughs> no, no. Um, one thing I want to sweep in before we continue any more on, because you mentioned there that you're stepping away. Uh, I just want to immediately back that up with the fact that, Dale, you're not necessarily going anywhere in terms of the M side as a, an entity, an organization. No. Um, it just means listeners are not going to hear your wonderful, you know, tailored, silky voice <laughs> uh, weekly on the podcast. But a lot, I think a lot of our listeners are multimedia followers. Um, so obviously we're ramping up a little more for YouTube, Instagram. Um, yeah, you're 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 still going to be an active part of the Am side. Definitely, it's just you know your your opinions on the week's news of disc golf won't be heard. I'll, I'll be sending them in to Rob weekly to make sure that he uh, he knows. And um, I'd quite like there to be some form of segment Dale's thought of the week. So I still <laughs> yeah. still keep it in there somehow. I don't think people realize just how much time and dedication it takes to to, to run a, a consistent podcast. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's been two and a half years now. So how many episodes years. do you think? Well, uh, can I can I segment oh, okay, into sorry. this? <laughs> so, um, before before we move on to maybe a lot of people are screaming, being like, "But out, Dale, the answer is nothing. How will it continue?" We will <laughs> nothing. Tell you that. I've got nothing but to uh, to bookend uh, Dale's permanent tenure. 
uh, as host. Hang on, I've got a very itchy ear, which can be weird with headphones on. There you go. Sort that out. That's how, deep, and mm. that's how I wanted to finish it. So brilliant. Uh, and secret <laughs> note. Um, the, uh, I have put together, it's a quick quiz. So you're not going to have to just, uh, listen to Dan answering questions for the next 20 minutes. So I've got a few fun questions. Um, and the last hour to maybe have a thought about some M side moments over the last three years. I was trying to sort of reflect three on years. that. Um, the, the, well, I'll, I'll say it for you, you know, Dale came to me three years ago saying, COVID means we can't play disc golf anymore, but I really want to chat about it. Let's start a podcast. And that's the thing. The, the AM side was, you know, it was visualized by both of us, but it was the, the yeah. seed that Dale brought to, um, sort of our disc golf group. And, um, honestly, it was the best decision to write the text and say, yeah, let's do it. Let's buy some cheap mics and crack on. Um, I would desperately appeal people to go back to listen to episode <laughs> one and then listen to this episode because the learning curve that we've come on as a hosting duo has been incredible um, and we've been on an incredible journey, which isn't over. We're still continuing this no. journey, but it's just an evolution. Uh, the Amside Bulbasaur has now turned into a uh, Ivasaur. There you go. That's the <laughs> that's the way we look at it. So a little Amside quiz. So we're going to start with a few sort of, um, uh, we're going to start with a few basically question answers and then I've got yeah. a, a fill in the blank segment as well. So the first one, as Bubba asked, Multiple choice. Over the last yeah. three years, how yeah. many episodes of the Amside podcast? I bet you're googling this, you cheat. <laughs> how, how many episodes of no the battery. Amside podcast have we had? So the options are sixty-four, sixty-six, or sixty-eight. Oh, so that's that's 66. a thin margin of error. <laughs> it's a, it is sixty-six. It's a thin margin of error because I knew if it was like seventy-two and fifty-three. You know, you're going to hit the middle, but it is 66. There you go. Technically, if you go on our podcast stats, it will say 67. That's because we deleted it. It was the Amside trailer. Um, and it was the most <laughs> awkward thing. It was the first thing we put out being like, Hey guys, soon we're making a podcast about disc golf and friendship. Um, so that <laughs> oh exists. my God. The Amside trailer. <laughs> By the way, I'm just keeping score. about that. Okay. I thought, I think you had a question. Okay. Dale's got one right. Okay. This might trip you up because uh, of because of the timeline order of things, but who was the first ever guest we had on the podcast? In terms of first ever guest we had, or first ever guest we recorded with? Who is the first ever guest we had on the podcast? I'm not going to change my answer. <laughs> no, Ezra. Ezra Aderholtz. But the first guest we recorded with, the first guest technically we had on the podcast was Nate Sexton. See, I don't think that's true. Nate said yes first, but Ezra could record a week earlier. <laughs> I do feel like the way you worded that was the first episode with a guest on it. Yes, that, that's released. how I intended it. So, the answer, yeah, half point, because he got the story right. So, yeah, it's more than a half. You can't lose. It's like, it's, it's about lose. you. You can't lose. <laughs> okay. In the past three years, there's only ever been one fully recorded episode that we were unable to upload. What was it? And what was the reason? Uh, that will be, um, oh, what's his name? Brian Earhart. And the reason was that my laptop decided to completely crash and delete everything we ever recorded. Okay. Uh, subsequently, um, Dale hasn't got a new laptop, so we are still at our risk. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. 
However, that left, made us gave us a valuable lesson on Google Drive um, and 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 backup storage. Um, there you go. It's also I'm sure Dale can agree to this. It was an amazing episode. We re-recorded with Brian, so and that was also a good episode. But in the original one, we were talking about like players like jamming with each other and doing like playing music together on tour. Brian did this like two minute like a solo, different guitar, like noises with his mouth. It was epic. We loved it. It was quality. But, um, was but so yeah, clearly, uh, clearly the shoddiness of Dale's 15 year old MacBook <laughs> couldn't quite it's so hold true. Um, okay. Another technical fault. So we actually sat, we, so we, we, in the past, we've sat down with a pro. However, due to poor connection, we had to reschedule the interview, which never was able to be rescheduled. Who was the pro? Uh, I this I when I was writing this quiz I'd forgotten about that so we, I really need to reach yeah. out. <laughs> I remember I can't remember a name. It was during uh, if you need help it was during our throw pink women's month so we had yeah, I know, Juliana Corva we had yeah. Cynthia Riccotti we had yeah. Missy Gannon yeah. and we had oh who was the Fakus oh, yeah there you go Lisa Fakus so she. Uh, so we we set up the call. We were ready to chat, but sadly the uh, the Wi-Fi the connection just wasn't good enough. I I believe there was about a minute delay. She asked a question, and then it was silence, yeah. and then a minute. Yeah. Which obviously we've dealt with delays in the past, but obviously that yeah, techni- never on technical that reasons. Never <laughs> on that scale. Fun story. We had to start re-recording this episode today because the same <laughs> thing happened with Bubba. So <laughs> so true. Success. So true. Okay, so they they they're the they're the ones that have a a single answer. But now we're the fill in the blank. So what I've got here is I have ooh four historic episodes of the Amside podcast. Yeah, all with guests. So it's always going to be a pro player. Yeah, uh, but you, I'm gonna won't say the name of the pro. You have to guess who the blank pro is in in the title. So okay, <laughs> it's windy in Waco, but blank is prepared for snow. Uh, Vanessa Van Dyken. There you go. That's what. Strong. Strong. Well, oh, um, a bit of context for the uh, audience. Dale names all the episodes. I don't know what they're called until they release. <laughs> uh, some have been absolute winners. Some I'm like, what? what is he on about? But th- these are some of my favourites. How are you going to survive, Rob? <laughs> I don't know. They're going to get very boring. It's going to be episode two. <laughs> a heart to heart with blank. Brian Earhart. There you go. I thought that was quite clever. There you go. So, that is nice. Okay. Will blank be the king, brackets, or queen of worlds? Hayley King. There you go. And then the last one. <laughs> it's obvious, but it's a great title. Did LVC hit the spot? Blank asked you to name his turtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was... Um... Trevor Harbaugh. <laughs> um, sometimes I feel like Dale forgets he's naming a podcast episode and just writes a sentence. But I think, actually, you know what? If um, if Dale agrees to this, we have an offer. I would still love you to continue naming the episodes. So I think that, that oh, <laughs> there you go. Dale will be continuing uh, to name the episodes. And I can't wait to hear what this one should be called. I think it should be called Sod Off Your Shorty. But you know, we, can, we can think of something else. Um, there you go. Uh, so pretty much smashed it. I've got to give you a half, a half point for uh, for Ezra. But, you know, that could have been a flip of the coin. But, that was yeah, seven that, and a half out of eight. Let's go, Dale. Oh, my yes, goodness. Go. You know your podcast 
incredibly well. <laughs> there you go. But then, Dale, I also, before we started recording, I asked you to sort of have a think about sort of moments. So, one thing I want you, to, or really want to ask, is over the last three years, what do you think your top moment of the podcast has been? So, specifically, podcast. Um, for me, obviously, it's been well documented on here that I watched Brody Freaks for here, a right? very long time. <laughs> and the day that he decided to record with us um, and, and, and give us some time was, was awesome. It wasn't so much a, here's 15 minutes, it was, here's some time, and we spoke with him. So that's number two. The first one is being woken up by Paige Pierce at half past three in the morning asking if I could record that night. And literally not being able to go back to sleep, thinking, all I want to do is tell Rob, but it's half past three in the morning. <laughs> See, normally when I get woken up at two in the morning by a woman, it's because I've stolen the duvet. So, <laughs> so get, getting a, a world uh, a world champion on the podcast is uh, maybe definitely tops that. That's yeah. well, you know what? They're definitely being my uh, my top ten as well. So that's hundred uh, percent agree. There are some great moments for us. Um, awesome. Secondly, so kind of maybe answer the question: Who has been your favourite guest that we've ever had on the show? So my favourite guest that we've ever sat down with. Um, and it went deep into the night was Avery Jenkins. Nice. Uh, my top two, are Avery and Big Jim, for the similar yeah. reason. It's just, it just, it just derailed. So we clicked, finished call, and it just went for hours. I think Avery we yeah. sat down at with at, I think 10 p.m. Yeah. And we, we were awakened. We, it was like 1 p.m. We eventually said yes. bye, but it was, uh, it, I remember that because I, um, I kind of, I've kind of got a bit more self-confidence now, but I remember panicking that the backdrop wasn't very disc golf podcast esque for um for guests, and they thought we'd have a rinky-dink operation. Yeah. So I quickly got a command strip and hung a Discmania Gremlin, I think it was, yeah. like, in, the, in the background. Uh, and then I realised that the where I'd hung it and where I was sitting, my head blocked the disc anyway, so it was just a white wall. <laughs> um, but I remember having to. I, I panic panic dressed to the back of my screen so Avery didn't think that we were a sort of a rinky dink operation and thought we were a legitimate podcast um oh how we've changed so background I've got yeah. actually I do have this in the background if I move my yeah. laptop slightly um but we also have a liberty advent calendar and some stacking boxes there you go so that's uh <laughs> yes, there so you go. That's, the, that's the level of professionalism um I've got I've got me oh. as Nacho Libre right there that's a photoshop me <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. Well, your headphones also match. So this is obviously an audio podcast, but uh, Baba's headphones also match his wall perfectly. So um, yeah. it's, it's bright like, green, slightly green. headache inducing. Yeah. Well, the headphones or the wall? Oh, yeah, definitely the walls. <laughs> the um, and then the last one I had was um, outside. Obviously, we've had the podcast, and the podcast has allowed us to do a lot outside of the podcast. So over the last three years, what's your favourite disc golf experience been? You know, the, the experience with the sport. Give me two seconds because I want to get the date. Because something specifically happened on a, on a certain date and I'll, I want to get that. But whilst so I'm I on that date, I want to give you my least favourite experience on the podcast. Is it, that, um, is it when I hit you in the face with the pipeline two weeks ago? <laughs> no, that's too recent. My least favourite <laughs> thing is uh, sitting here and um, listening to Rob ask a question, which could be asked in five words, but Rob <laughs> decides to uh, crack on about two and a half minutes later 
where he full circles back to this question and finally asks the guest what he wants to ask him. That's the Rob special, baby. That that is the Rob special. I'm still just to, I'm still in, just to interject. I would have thought your worst uh, moment of the podcast wasn't recorded, but it was when I thought I'd entered the chat um, and you weren't in the call. <laughs> so there was a technical issue. So I thought I was just waiting for Dale. I oh, yeah. and I um, and I was on TikTok, just like absolutely like built my heart out to Celine Dion, and <laughs> and eventually connect, and he was just like wide eyed, thinking like. What are you doing? I was like, oh, <laughs> when did you get it? Oh, that was it. <laughs> so there you go. I want this date because this is, uh, I need this date. So, uh, okay, uh, for listeners, just while Dale's finding this, I'll give you my, so yes, it's a bit of a, it's a celebration of Dale episode and why shouldn't it be? Um, yeah. but my first it's not experience. Not my funeral. How many times do I need to tell you? It's the Dale Memorial episode. Yeah. But the, uh, but, uh, but, but, a great story is a great story. So the first time I met Dale, I thought he was going to be the greatest Discord that I'd ever witnessed. <laughs> and this is why. So it was, uh, I picked up playing disc golf on a Saturday. I bumped into the person that ran Chumps at Disc Golf Club and he said, hey, we've got a club round tomorrow. Why don't you come down? So I rocked up, never replayed the sport before. Everyone else was sort of in trackies, you know, wellies. It was sort <laughs> of, uh, you know, casual sporting stuff that we see people playing disc golf casually all the time in. This one guy was in full golf gear, you know, proper like like on a tightless belt, chino Adidas shorts, golf polo hat. He looked he looked like a golfer, and I was like, wow, that guy, that's the guy to beat right there. Even so, I didn't know that much about how the club did handicaps. It was a handicap round, and Dale won that day, and I was like, wow, this guy, this guy must be amazing at disc golf because he won the handicap round day, and he looks like that. This is the guy that I should befriend to get really good at disc golf. Um, and it turns out that um, just Dale used to play ball golf and liked wearing the gear. <laughs> and we were very much at a very similar level. I just, I always like looking professional. And I have a very strong opinion of etiquette when it comes to golf because I was so into golf. But um, like I get really upset when people turn up in trackies like mm. to competitions. I just think it's a tournament. You should act nice. So if you're a fan of the podcast and you ever meet Dale at a tournament, bring trackies, you know, honour him. (laughs) Um, You know, if you're on his card, wear a full matching shell suit, he's going to love it. Okay, so I can't find the exact date, but um, my most favourite thing outside of the podcast was our first ever solo round together. And the day that really cemented... Not only you know, do I find a good disco friend, but I found a great friend as well. Oh, thank you, man. Well, and groomsmen at my wedding in, in the upcoming months. At, at, at your wedding, yeah. So for me, that's my that's my favourite thing outside. No, to be honest, um, the only reason I asked you to be a groomsman is the suits were getting a bit pricey and I could get a deal on a child's one. <laughs> what's really funny right now is that I don't know what's going on with your connection Rob but you're talking normally you sound great but I have a slow motion Rob looking at me like doing like talking and loads of hand gestures <laughs> oh lucky you maybe I was in the matrix <laughs> I think you might be is it still in slow mo <laughs> it's, it's totally a slow mo <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, won't, I won't describe for listeners what I'm doing however cool Right, that brings us full circle. So, as we said, hey, why is Bubba here? 
what's he doing, you know, muscling in on this celebration of Daleness? Um, and that's because we're quite excited to announce that in replacement of Dale being full-time on the show, Bubba, you're going to be stepping in, you know, those those tiny shoes that need to be filled. You're willing to do it. Um, and uh, we wanted to bring you on this episode as this sort of transition. Obviously, we guy, we guys, we've all been friends for a little while now. Um, I think the energy that we always bring when we hang out is great. And I just think, you know, you might bring some professional, professionalism. There you go. I can't even say the word professionalism, right? You might bring some professionalism to the podcast, which, you know what, Dale, I'm openly happily to admit that we have lacked. <laughs> well, I'm excited that uh, my feet are small enough to fit into Dale's shoes, so I'm, I'm looking forward to... Um, I, I'm never going to be a replacement, am I? Let's face it. Um, you know, Dale's going to be... Mr. I'm Dave. never going to call I, you daddy, basically. Oh, get out of town. I, I, like I said, Rob, there's a slot. Come in, Pappy. You know what I mean? Um... <laughs> um uh, I'm hoping we could throw in a few things and a few other words that Dale loves to say. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll work heavy on my inits and things. And um, I, I think, I think the hopefully the listeners will, will, will get to it. And if you're calling professionalism, being able to talk and just ask those questions that Dale has to edit later on, then yeah, I'm your man. I'm here. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so we've had you on the show before. Um, so we've done the who is Bubba. However, listeners that might not be as, you know, long-term listeners as we had before, who is Bubba in the sort of the, the realm of disc golf? You know, why are you qualified? Dale made a joke before we start recording this as a job interview. So oh, I wasn't Bubba joking. I am fully prepared to interrogate him. <laughs> so I know. Dale, why, Dale's why also in the silhouette. <laughs> why am I qualified? Um, so I'm now... Uh, a co-owner of a UK disc golf company called Disc Golf Distribution. And we operate um, a manufacturing company called Launch Disc Golf, where we have our own line of discs. We operate a course installation company called DG UK. And, you know, we're looking to install around about 30 courses this year, of which, you know, I spent the last two days at Essex. Um, uh, yeah, we'll come help, to that Helping later. with the redesign. Yeah, we will talk about that later. Much more about that later. Um, and then my baby with that is Ace Disc Golf, um, which is one of the leading retail stores here in the UK. I've been running that since 2019. Um, and Disc Golf is kind of my full-time job. I love playing. I found the sport in 2018 in Finland, going to see one of my friends. And ever since we threw that for this for the first time, I've kind of been addicted, kind of like everyone else, really. Um, so addicted, six months after we found the sport, we kind of started Ace Disc Golf and opened an <laughs> online retailer. So, you know, Amazing. I mean, it's been like us. We started this yeah, exactly. podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've been doing this for three years. We've been playing for like three and a half. You know, it's, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's an addictive sport that makes you want to revolve your life around it. Um, and yeah. speaking of now, I don't know if, if we know this for a fact. I would say you're probably one of the first people in the UK to be able to claim disc golf as a full time job. I know Ollie Simmons from the London Disc Golf Community also is full time, but was was he still working? before or after you got involved full-time? A, a little bit. There, there are a couple of other people too. I, I believe Chris O'Brien um, had, may have been doing it full-time. I mean, Dale Robbins was certainly close with Corey Park. Yeah. Um, and e- even though, you know, Charlie Mead has, has a full-time job um, and a, a really great career, and he, he's also, you know, one of the people who probably could have gone full-time too. So there, okay. there are a lot of people before me, but... Um, yeah, certainly am full-time right now. And there's quite a few of us now. You know, we've got Rich Hatton, uh, Ollie Simonson, myself, um, Rachel Smith, 
um, you know, all, all kind of full time, and I'm pretty sure there might be a couple of others too. So, yeah, it's 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 growing over here, and it's really exciting to, to kind of be at the forefront of that, and hopefully leading the way. Okay, great, thanks, Bubba, for that lovely introduction. Now, um, it's it's no it's no uh, joke, and it's probably not a uh, surprise to listeners that you've been after my job for the last year. Um, I've so. been I've been I've been going at it pretty hard. <laughs> going hard. Yeah, you, you finally mm. got got what you wanted. Um, but I've got, I've got a couple of questions for you, um, to really cement you know, why you're suitable for this role. Um, Perfect. So. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell the listeners, I've not been, unlike Dale's quiz, right, where he had the questions beforehand, I've had nothing. So. I only had three <laughs> questions beforehand. Alright, so you got enough. So, first question, uh, <laughs> Bubba, is, if you were a piece of clothing, what clothing would you be? Trackies. Please say trackies. <laughs> <laughs> considering considering i live in shorts all year round could i be anything else other than shorts yeah but you need to I give mean, me a reason why you're going to be that okay 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 i'm going to change i'm going to completely change change my answer um oh no i can't no that's a ter- a pencil skirt right i'm fashionable i'm really cool to all you know because like, as in you know like cool and refreshing in that way and uh I look good with any top on, basically. I look better with a top on than a top off. Not sure how that's going to benefit the am side. You could have said that you were a bra, so you could be supportive <laughs> of Rob. So I, I would say I'm a scort. I'm a, okay. I'm a scort because you know, sort of. Um, Rob, no one was asking you. No, but I just. To know. I, I would be, I'd be a scorp because, you know, you yeah. think, you know, just when you think, oh, the wind's picked up, he's going to give a bit too much away. Now you're protected, you know. I always <laughs> hold a little bit back. I've got the bicycle well, shorts underneath. Full thank you for making the podcast that 45 seconds extra of the unnecessary answer to my question. I'm going to make an annoying beep noise for the next minute and a half if you do edit it out. Oh, but so by the way, Dale. Mm. Whoa, whoa, Bubba, Bubba, I'm asking the questions here. <laughs> sorry, sir, sorry. Right, okay, fine. Uh, second question. Um, how do you feel that you fit into the AMSIDE ethos and mission statement? Oh my goodness. We have them. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to go out and say I don't know what the mission statement is, but that's fine. That's fine. It's not a problem. Okay. So, uh, how do I fit into the AMSIDE? So for one, one, I am an amazing 850 rated player. Okay, so that fits into Amsize straight away. Um, I don't throw consistently. <laughs> I don't throw with any power. And putts inside C1, maybe 50% on a good day. So I feel like right there and then, I am I am Am to the core. Also, I'm a very heavy supporter of the MA1 category. Am I ever going to go up to MPO? Who knows? I'll, I'm, I'm going to be like Sharky. I'm going to be MA1 till I die. Okay, so in regards to sitting in the AM side, I'm an amateur for a while. I do want to be one of the best discoverers in the country, but that's a completely different thing that's, that's, that's unrelated to the AM side podcast host. Um, in regards to me as a person, I'm a friendly, I'm a very friendly person. I'm a very bubbly person. Um, I love to talk to new people. Um, and I would like to think that uh, your listener base is going to be really happy to hear uh, a new set of lungs. Um, okay. And you know, they can be really mean. They they yeah. can. Yeah. Mean. We, we've, oh my goodness! Oh, the listeners. Okay, I was like, are you calling me mean? I feel like no, it's not mean, mean bone in my body. <laughs> okay, last question, Bubba. Um, right. This is an important one. Outside of talking to me and Rob, 
tell me a time where you have proactively um, boosted the podcast or spread the word about the podcast that can't be a, a, a ace post. Is, is that inside the inside the ace chat as well? No, there's, there's no, 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 no. Outside okay. where you have promoted Amside to someone else. Now you're leaning on a terrible trait of mine, which is my memory. <laughs> um, I should just make I sure say, that the person these, who's these questions are tough. tough. I, I, in, I did not. <laughs> in all honesty, that there are there are three episodes that that I I thoroughly enjoyed, um, and I believe. One of them went on, on in the car with Jay on the way to Croydon like a year ago. Um, one of the episodes was Eric Oakley. Thoroughly enjoyed that episode. Um, I think I even told you guys that I really liked the fact that you were talking about stuff outside of tournaments. You were talking about like what he enjoys doing outside disc golf. Like, and I love that kind of interview style. The other one was Chris Clemens for similar reasons. And I think he was a really, uh, you know, just, just a really lovely guest to have on. I feel like he was quite, quite a, enjoyable interview not very one word answery like yes <laughs> you know um and i i'm pretty sure i would have promoted those those kind of episodes too um it, obviously not every episode's a banger i'm sorry but i'm just gonna say it but um but yeah certainly a few episodes I've, i'll be i'll be promoting up front you know um and within the ace chat as well you, you're always up there somewhere you um well, you made thank you very you, much sorry quickly you reminded me of another dale great episode name which you didn't make the quiz, but I believe it was uh, it was the Chris Clemens episode. It was it's it was, it's hot in Las Vegas. It's time for a glass of lemonade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, class. I know, he's I know that's a nickname of his, but that was again class class uh, naming of a podcast. Dale, oh, they thank were you. Harsh. They were, mate, I I have to make sure I have to make sure the person taking over from me, you know, <laughs> is is ready. For, for the AM side, um, you know, it's a big decision for me to step down and I had to be part of the recruitment process to make sure that the person bringing in was going to be, was going to be right. One question for you. Um, who else was in the list to be Cobra's, uh, to fill, to fill those tiny shoes of yours? Well, it would have been Tyler if he hadn't just left disc golf because he's kind of like, he's kind of, if I didn't want to put a beat in this podcast because I can't bother to find it, I would, but, he left disc golf this week on the same week that I was also leaving the podcast. So it kind of like really wee weed over my cornflakes. Where'd he go? Just left disc golf. Well, he's left DJ. Oh. Don't know where he's gone. But sad times. It's great. Well, time. D- Dale and Tyler really are actually running away together to Gret the Green and they're going to live happily together <laughs> in a small cottage with four Shih Tzus. We're um. actually starting a podcast <laughs> called The Am Side of the Chains. Uh, oh, oh yeah! You guys have got competitors, apparently. Isn't that just what we are? Just the Amside. That's just a longer, more difficult nah, podcast. We're not the Amside of the chains. We are just the Amside. Yeah, but the Amside implies it's the Amside of the chains. No, but you haven't got really, you haven't got the intellectual property, Rob. So mine and Tyler's podcast that we are starting the Amside of the chains podcast. Got you. We wanted to well, do in the Amside of the chains podcast, but. <laughs> What can I say? It's two two greats of disc golf media uh, have uh, made announcements about stepping down in set in various ways um, this week. It's the so, biggest move since Zach the foundation. Of, of do we call it? What do we call it? What, I mean, the uh, that was a the, contra- the, that was controversial. There's NDAs all over. Do, that. You, do you do you remember 
all the way back then. I feel like that was forever ago now. I only remember it because I started to watch disc golf and he was still there when I was watching mm. it. And then he just left this, and Trevor's back. This back. week should have a name though, you know, sort of a national holiday about it. It's sort of like, it's the, you know how like, um, America Pie is the day the music died, right? The, when the, about the plane crash, you know, you know, the story behind, uh, the song American Pie. It's got a yes. great story behind it. Um, so this is, sure, is this the week that disc golf died? Is that, are we going to be that dramatic? You know, it's probably, it's a big week. I think maybe that's the... Maybe I would really appreciate you stop talking about me like I'm dead. I'd always like to commemorate Dale on, on a day like this, like Hail Dale. Um, or, you know, like like Dale's Day, you know? And, and we all, well, we all do things that... To make sure that you're, there's a post going out every year. What I would say <laughs> is next time a listener feels the touch of a cool wind or looks up and sees a rainbow, just think of Dale. You know? <laughs> uh, and lay some flowers anywhere. <laughs> in a bin put, put some flowers in a bin blue and yellow. <laughs> as long as they're blue and yellow so, uh, as long as they, some blue and yellow flowers put them by a lamppost they'll really appreciate it it's, it's, uh, I, I do feel like um, the whole blue and yellow thing I, I feel like s- s- some other blue and yellow thing may overshadow your blue and yellow thing you know especially right now oh maybe yeah, still, oh, I don't get on this. <laughs> oh no, we're not going to become that kind of podcast, are no. we? He's <laughs> Banana Man, by the way. It's just Banana Man. He's 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 on the rise again. I saw some uni students the other day on a night out in Banana Man outfits. Now, I think they're too young for it, though. Surely an eighteen-year-old or eighteen to twenty-year-old has no idea who Banana Man is because that was retro. On the retro is in Rob. Well, I'm not going to lie, mate. I've left the podcast now, so. We could just wrap this up. <laughs> well, speaking about blue and yellow, someone's just shown their true colours. <laughs> All right. So, um, oh my, you know what? We want to talk about the Ethics Open, but that I think that's going to be another chunk. Anyway, this will be a long episode, listeners. We apologise. It needs to be a long episode. Saying goodbye to me. Well, we could. I'm so glad we're... you're leaning into the long episodes, Dale. Surely. It's the last one I'm going to have to edit. Surely the best way to make an episode on a year is to make it as short as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was low-hanging fruit. So, Bubba, um, this is actually like, it's breaking news, but also to me and Dale. So obviously listeners will know that me and Dale um, in a month's time, pretty much, yeah, pretty much a month, We'll be on the course prepping. Yep. Um, yeah. The Essex Open this year, it's a, a tournament we ran last year. We're doing it this year. It's a, it's a tournament we're hoping to run, you know, as long as we are able. Um, but this year, it's a brand new course. As you mentioned, the company that you um, you operate with, own, I'm not too sure since the merger, you know, we can get into that later. Co-owner. Yeah. Are you co-owner? There you go. Um, yeah. The company co-own is big into course design and you are the guys that's putting the course in the ground. You have sent some little teaser texts about what you think of the course, but we would love for you to tell us and the listeners uh, some of the exciting things that we can expect from the Essex Open course this year. Can I just put a caveat? Right. Do not ask Bubba too much about it because she will get very angry at you. Oh, I was I was going to start from the beginning. No, okay. <laughs> so um, the uni the uni approached DGUK on on a redesign on the course. So that when the course was put in. Back in the eighties, um, you know the university. Forty years this year. Forty years this year. Yeah, which is impressive. So the university was was pretty small. Uh, it was around two thousand students. Uh, currently, it's twenty thousand plus students. 
um, yeah. and the course used quite a lot of the grounds. It has been redesigned, you know, uh, over the years. The last, the last iteration was in 2012, um, when Charlie put in the Mac X's. Um, now from that, there are some, you know, safety concerns from the university. They really want to push disc golf within the university, but they're, um, they, they were, you know, a little bit uh, cautious of that because, because quite a lot of the holes play over, you know, paths and everything else. And, um, so they came to us to ask for a redesign, a redesign. And the brief was at the top was, was safety in mind, you know, uh, that they, they only gave us certain parts of the university to be added design on. Um, because other parts were were kept for future development and for safety reasons. My library hole where I could throw it into the library was not approved. It was not. No, no, <laughs> just out the top window. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the the original designer. I just want to say that that I'd, I've only really been um, on on the feedback stage of things. But the original designer was Dan Whiteman, and he went over there and put out a draft. Uh, which we, we all got to see, um, and you guys gave your feedback uh, as well as my own as well. And then Rich Haddon and Dan went back to do, uh, a, 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 I'd say, a, almost a full redesign. And then it came to the last couple of days where me and Rich had been over there, also making a few amendments. Um, and in my opinion, it's probably the closest thing that we have to a European gold-level course. Um it's it's quite big. I mean, I've made notes and I've not really gone over them because I jumped on this podcast like 30 minutes after I got home. Um, but it certainly has probably around three, like 130 meter par threes. There is a little bit downhill in that. Um, there's a big, big par four in the middle. But but for me, it's, it's not just raw distance. Um, there is shot shaping in that too. And there is a lot of frame shots. I think it improves on what Essex had and I'm looking forward to everyone playing it. I mean, that there, there should be a stipulation here that, that the groundwork is going on right now. Like they, they are starting to rip out brambles, nettles and, you know, the rough stuff and start cutting it back. So the official open date is in September, um, but we'll be able to play it for the Essex Open. Uh, the installation date is the first week of July. Uh, we're going to be there prepping uh, the weekend before and I'm just kind of excited for, for everyone to kind of see it. Um, specific holes and everything else, there, there, there's a good shot variety in there. There's there's a couple of holes where you're going to want to grab the birdie, but there's not many of those. Um, a lot of it is on execution, and I'd like to work with the community on putting in a blue course there as well, because the gold course is is really up there. Like, you know, it's <laughs> I'm looking forward to throwing it. There's so much rough there that it was, it was quite hard to do that over this weekend. Um but um, I'm 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 excited for it. It's you know it's 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 gone through like quite a lot of revisions in in my mind. You know, first I was a little bit worried. It was, I was kind of like on the same page with you guys. I was a little bit like, yeah. hey, this doesn't really fit the brief because you know the brief was safety first, but wow. an absolutely European Championship elite level course as second, and yeah. the brief fitted the first one. It didn't really fit the second. Fit the second. the um, first brief seemed like they wrapped a course in bubble wrap a little bit. So yes. like so you yeah. over cautious, which. If, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited Essex, the potential of, of, of a course you can put in, the, the land they've got, the, the raw canvas you're working with, um, you don't need to bubble wrap it because you can just move things and get really creative with holes, which I think yeah. with the new redesign, they've really sort of Definitely. taken that on and really sort of vibed with that massively. Yeah. So um, we're going to be installing uh, two meter by four meter T pads on the majority of the holes. Um, 
um, there's a couple of, uh, for instance, so um, hole 16 goes back over the water the opposite way that, that, that um, the water hole is right now, mainly because the big tree's fallen down and that gap got pretty big. Um, but there's two pads for that. There is a blue pad and there is a championship pad. So the blue pad's 90 meters over water. You've got to shape a shot. For a right hand, there is like a little bit of a turnover. And for the bigger pad, it's about 150 meters to carry the water. And again, it's the same kind of shot. It's kind of like straight and, and carry over. Um, so there is some, uh, there's quite a lot of exciting sh shots there. I, I think holes for me, one to six, there's, there's a good amount of opportunity for someone who throws like me. And then seven to 15, it's kind of like, hold on tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hold on tight. You're going to work hard for your pass. Um, 16, I, I think I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm so looking forward to throwing across the water. Um, I, I really want to give that long pad a go. It feels really inviting. Um, if, if it was, if it was a lot chunkier than the original water shot, that makes sense. Um, and then 17 also has a, uh, it's a par three with a tournament pin as well. So, um, due to, the fact of where the hole is, uh, there's, yeah. there's a path running through through it, so you can't use the path for all, all the time. And then 18 also has a short pad for the time where there's graduation or the marquees up. Yeah. So 18 is, is a path for ender, um, but when the graduation is there, there there's a short pad for the, the tee as well. But it's, so it's, I it's, think it's, it's going to be a path three for the Open. Last because hole. The Rob, I think you're on mute. Yeah. Definitely. I think it sounds... Incredibly good. Sorry. Um, look, Bubba, mate, you're, you know, you're coming onto the arm side. You need to iron this stuff out. Okay. I wasn't on mute, by the way. I think Bubba just no, muted. No one was on mute. <laughs> Bubba was just... It's all right, Bubba. It's only, it's only your, you know, your first week. It's okay. Um, no, you, it's not, Bubba. It's like you get one chance to make a good first impression. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I, you know... Uh, we've we've had our we've had our discussions, you know. Yeah. With, with um, texts as long as a Bible, you know, going backwards and forwards of of different things, and I think we've we've come to a really good solution. Well, not solution because it wasn't a problem, but a really good end game. Um, I think the T pads are going to be. I don't know if you'd agree, but I think the best in the UK. You know, they are the uni. Yeah. The uni, I'm not going to put figures out there, but the uni have not skimped out. They've spent no. serious money on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in regards to the tee pads, you know, you, we're also doing groundwork. So hopefully they're going to go in level. That's why we're there Sunday, uh, the, the day before the installation, is to, to cut in the turf and hopefully get them level. Um, it's a very hard job to do, in all honesty. I'm learning yeah. quite a lot. So, um, you know, we're certainly going to be doing our, our best here. And um, I like the fact that, you know, obviously merged with DGK end of last year. Um, and, you know, the, the real sentiment around DGK courses are they were pitching putts. And, yeah. you know, bar Silver Birch, I think this is going to be the, the, the crown jewel of, of their yeah. redesign. And I really hope that it um, cements that DGK isn't just a pitch and putt course. It was just the fact that that's their design brief that they got for those courses. And if you give them a design brief of a championship European like layout, here we go. Yeah. Let's go. That's and I'm, I'm looking forward to coming up and play with you guys. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Great update. Looking forward to it. I, I, I'm super pumped. I only realised during recording this that we had a month and there's still a few things to iron out. But 
It's a yeah. day's work at Max. We are so excited. The discs came in. They look yes. beautiful. Now, uh, this is a public service announcement to anyone coming to the tournament. Because we had some people that were upset last year because we had some pretty discs that went quick. But we get different moulds, obviously the different stamps, different colours. If you're coming to the tournament and you've got your heart set on a specific colour disc or you like a certain stamp or we have three different moulds, if you want to have your pick, get to registration nice and early because as soon as registration starts, then it's free-for-all. You know, people can, like we, we let first come, first serve. Obviously, me and Dale get to look through the box and... Uh, Pick out one yeah. each that we uh, that's the one benefit. TD. Yeah, <laughs> equally but, you um, want to get there quick because it's going to be a long players meeting because none of you are going to have played this course before, so you're going to need to listen. <laughs> True, it's going to be sort of blind leading the blind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, I will. I will try and get um once the installation has happened. Um, funny enough, Greg Barsby's over the same week, so uh, I'm going to be a bit tied up. Shipping him around, then it's QP open. But I'm going to try and get. So you got a... him sort of laying, laying turf, tamping down, flattening yeah, yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to come help out for sure. Um, I'm going to try and get the course preview out as as soon as humanly possible. Um, but it is, um, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how we'll, we'll make that happen, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it as, as good as possible. Um, obviously, the, the the team maps and course maps are still being designed. They, they need to be go off this week, but once once they're available, I'm hoping to get them over to you, and then you can get the caddy book out as caddy ASAP. Book, really, yeah. yeah, exactly. Super excited about that. Now, um, there's only one thing else that I want to sort of say in this podcast, and that is that Ledgestone Wave Three just dropped. Um, this is sort of the last topic that I want to cover. Now, um, obviously, um, as right now, I don't think Wave 3 is available in the UK. However, Ace, that wonderful company, Cough Cough, that we have been talking about, they have Waves 1 and 2. Um, but Legendone are always dropping fire with these drops. Um, they have the nicest swirls, unique plastic. The stamps mm. this year, um, when we had... Um, both men- we had, had Teeves and Nate on the show. They mentioned about this year they were focused on getting artists to create unique stamps rather than sort of go with stuff that's been similar to each other in previous years. Yeah. Um, so the stamps are unique. The disc looks great. Bobby, you've held a lot of these in your hand in person. I'm sure you can sort of testify to that. Yeah, I'm bagging a rubber blend zone right now as well as a jawbreaker raptor because um, I needed something a bit straighter uh, with dependable fade at the end. Um, but the, certainly way two, you've got the, uh, USA flag, uh, Z dies buzzes and they are looking awesome. I'm not sure how they do their Z die stuff, but it's, it's certainly magic. So yeah, get yourself over to Ace. Um, we've got a Ledgestone collection right at the top of the shop. Uh, you can go in there and you can browse whatever you want. Um, and you, you can pick some stuff up. Uh, wave three is delayed right now. We're, you know, there's constant issues with international shipping. So I do apologize. Um, but keep your eyes on that and who knows it might turn up any day <laughs> we'll figure <laughs> it out don't worry um, so yeah let's do stuff come on, come on over and use Amside 5 and obviously if you're in the States and it's easier to go on Ledgestone and get from Source then yeah. you know what you can do that so actually we have links to both Ace to Ledgestone to everyone that supports us through our Instagram so if you check them out that's the easy way to do it if you don't want to be searching things on Google you might get it wrong Go check out those links and support the people that, you know, help support us. Super important. Do want to just say, I always have to mention it, Ace also stock DGA Plastic. Now, 
one thing I'm really excited about this tournament with the players back discs being DJ discs, there's going to be more people have the opportunity mm. to throw DJ plastic. We had Cole on the last episode. He said he thinks that it's one of the most underrated lineups of, uh, sort of a disc golf manufacturing disc selection out there. Um, obviously it's going to come across as bias because me and Dale are on team DGA, but if you're umming and ahhing about, okay, I need an overstable mid, you know what? Give the Quake a try. You want a really flippy driver. You know, you've got the sail, you've got the vortex. There's some great discs out there. Don't just stick to the manufacturers that have been around for, well, DJ's been around the longest. Yeah, don't, just the ones, <laughs> don't just stick to the ones that you think have been around the longest. Yeah, and if, if you want to rock three, try out the Rift. I, I was I was so pleasantly surprised with the Rift. The Rift feels like the Rock 3 numbers, whereas the Rock just does one. Do you know what I mean? The Rift is a legit Rock 3. Give it a, yeah, give it a try. I, I love my Rift. I've got my... I've got a 68 Sparkle meter chrome of a Rock 3 on hole one at Quarry Park. So. <laughs> Are the Rock 3 or a Rift? We're a Rift. I'm not the same. There you go. That's the end. Yeah, he, end, he ended on a statement. Oh, look. Dale, I, to be fair, I can put my hands up and say I've never seen Dale throw a rock free, so I'm going to cover you there, Dale. But there you go. Slip of the tongue. It's not so easy, is it? Giving a bubble hard time with his tech, uh, tech mess up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know but, how I turned you down. I just turned you down on this wheel, and then everything went silent. I'm not sure how much you were saying when I was speaking, but I apologise. I just kept going. <laughs> I thought everyone was I, quiet. <laughs> I was like, wow, this guy is cutting me off. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking about cutting off, why don't we sign the episode off? Dale, I think it's only fitting that you uh, you take us to the end of this episode. And um, yeah, we're excited to see where the Amsides starts to head next. So, of course, check us, uh, check them out on all social medias at the Amside Podcast. Um, me and Rob at Amside underscore Rob and at Amside underscore Dale. Make sure you go and check Bubba out. Uh, Team Bubba Ace. Almost. Bubba. Be awesome, Bubba. Be awesome. Completely wrong. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> be awesome, Bubba. Make sure you go and get him. Check out. Um, oh, this is really hard now. Really hard. Um, oh, buddy. Like, subscribe, buddy. follow. Make sure you keep listening. And that's it. Um, if uh, if you don't hear me on the AM side, I'll see you on the course. <laughs>